Thanks for listening to this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please like the Facebook page and leave your comments or questions at facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes to automatically get new episodes every Wednesday. Well, it is February, and I thought it would be kind of fun to take February and make it a special month. Up until now, I've only done a couple of John Hughes movies on the podcast, and you know, that's really not going to work because I love John Hughes movies. So February is going to be Hughes-a-Palooza. Because February is the month that John Hughes was born. Of course, he passed away, I believe, in 2009 or 2010, sadly. But uh, we're going to make February a John Hughes month. And we're going to start it off with what I think is the best John Hughes movie. And I'm going to do it with a brand new guest to the podcast, Monique Balsamo. We are going to talk about a movie that I know is near and dear to your heart. Oh, God, yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's the best movie ever made. Now, I have to. <laughs> you know what? I, after watching it again for the podcast, I have to say it's probably in my top five of all time. Well, after watching it for the 956,000th time, um, I still think it's the best movie ever made. It's definitely a great flick. You know, it is. Without it question. Is. Monique and I met at a, a dog park locally, and I knew that I was going to like her because her dog is named Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Well, I knew that I knew that everybody would want to meet Ferris Bueller. So, yeah. you know, why not name your dog your favorite person in the whole wide world? Yeah. Uh, uh, Matthew Broderick would was just a little too unbelievable. But yeah. Ferris Bueller, hey, <laughs> exactly. you know, it is possible to be walking around with Ferris Bueller. So, yeah. So when I met Monique and I met her dog, Ferris Bueller, and then when I started doing the podcast, there was no question in my mind that I was going to do this particular podcast with you because of that. Yeah, I had no choice. No, I, come on. I wouldn't give you a choice either. Who else could talk about Ferris Bueller? For hours and hours on end. <laughs> well, I don't know if we're going to go that long, but... Aww. So Ferris Bueller's Day Off released June 11th, 1986, so coming up on the 30th anniversary this year, which is amazing to me. This movie holds up amazingly. Yeah. It's, it's timeless. Uh, yeah. I can definitely see it in the movies as a brand new movie right now and not think that it's out of, you know, out of time at all. Yeah. I wish that I could do everything that he did, actually, back in high school. Oh, yeah. I wasn't I mean, smart enough. We all wanted to be Ferris Bueller. I mean, he was the coolest dude ever. He did those awesome vomit noises on his on his <laughs> keyboard. I could do them in real life. So oh, no. you know, he had the awesome keyboard. But, you know, you could like bleh, 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 all day long. <laughs> but I don't think my mom would fall for it. Yeah, no. You don't want to fake the fever because then, you know, then you yeah. end up in a doctor's office. Plus, I can't lick my palms. It's gross. <laughs> I have a spit thing. Yeah, but the phony fever, you end up in the doctor's office. And that's more uh, ridiculous in high school, whatever yeah. he says. <laughs> What does he say again? That's worse than high school. That's worse than high school. You end up with a nervous mom. You end up in the doctor's office. That's right. (laughs) So Ferris Bueller's Day Off, of course, written and directed by the great John Hughes. He wrote the script in six days. And it was much longer. Well, you gave me a copy of the script, which I haven't had a chance to read yet, but I imagine that there's going to be some cool stuff in there that, you know, wasn't in the actual movie. It's cool to see what's in the script, but, you know, I'm actually glad that it came out the way that it did, that they didn't film it the way that the original script was in 1985 because, you know, it's kind of like filler. You know how okay. we go off the rails sometimes and we put a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff and I can't stop talking. But uh, Ferris Bueller and, and Jeannie Bueller had two younger siblings and 
they were annoying little brats, and that would have actually taken away from the story. Because, totally unnecessary for yeah, the story. Completely unnecessary. In the movie, when they were going to shoot with the two younger kids, they had these drawings on the refrigerator door. Okay. And uh, those were meant to be from these younger siblings. Okay. But once they filmed the movie without the younger siblings, the drawings still stayed on the refrigerator door. Okay, so there's like hints of the of the younger siblings, yes. but you don't actually see them. Yeah. So the character of Ferris Bueller was supposed to be very different originally. Yes, darker, more like Bender, more a little less easygoing and fun. Okay. Uh, he wasn't supposed to be, you know, kind of carefree and hey, I have this great idea. It's such a great day. Let's go out. Uh, instead, more morbid. I can't imagine. No, it would have been a completely different story and it would have been really boring. So Matthew Broderick, I don't know if he was the first choice for the role, but there were some other actors that were all considered for the role of Ferris Bueller. Rob Lowe, John Cusack, Jim Carrey, Johnny Depp, Tom Cruise, Robert Downey Jr. and Michael J. Fox were all considered for the role of Ferris. Eric Stoltz also had auditioned for the role. A lot of great actors there. Yeah. But uh, Matthew Broderick is the man. He's amazing. Yeah, he just had that, uh, I don't know, he just had that, He has a very likable quality about him. And then there's something about his face, especially when he does the takes to the camera. Yes. You just feel like you're you're Like he's talking to you. Yeah, like you. I know he's talking to me. You're buddies with him. He may not be talking to you, but I know he's talking to me. Always. (laughs) So so Molly Ringwald had been considered for the role of Sloan as well. You know, that I could not see I could at all. not see that at all. Yeah. And, and it's not because I didn't like Molly Ringwald, but I, I liked her as her own character in the other movies. I didn't really see her as Sloane. Sloane was always, I don't know, she was like special. So who was Mia Sarah married to at one time? She was married to Sean Connery's son. Um, and then uh, they divorced a few years ago. And after she divorced Jason, she married Brian Henson. Okay, Jim Henson's kid. Yeah, that's I, pretty cool. I actually actually don't don't like her for that because I really don't like Brian Henson right now. Oh, really? Yeah, no. I'm not going to even go there. No, no, I don't, don't want to know why. So Anthony Michael Hall turned down the role of Cameron to avoid being typecast, which I find interesting. <laughs> because he was so typecast with everything else. He, he was in every other John Hughes movie. I guess he didn't want to be in one more, right? But he, yeah, but he wanted to be the geek. Listen, I I a love Anthony Michael. I love Anthony Michael Hall in all those John Hughes movies. He's great. Yeah, he he's wonderful. But you know what? Uh, I think that they struggled when they got Alan Ruck in that part, even though he was uh, so much older than the rest of the cast. He was twenty nine. He was twenty nine years old. I was amazed to read that. And meanwhile, he looked you know the exact same age as his character was supposed to be. You yeah, know, it's great. Seventeen or eighteen year old kid. It's funny because he really didn't age until much much later. He played the high school anxious nervous, psychotic teen very well. Very well uh, cast and very believable. Ferris and Cameron are supposed to be 18, Sloan 17. In reality, Matthew Broderick was 23, Alan Ruck 29, and Mia Sarah was 18. So she was actually 18. But Emilio Estevez also turned down the role of Cameron. And that's kind of interesting because his brother, Charlie Sheen, has the cameo in the movie, which is kind of neat. The funny part about Charlie Sheen being in that movie, they almost pulled him out of that. Yeah, I I read that he stayed up for 48 hours to look burnt out like that. Now, he did really well. Now, now he just looks like that. Now, <laughs> that's just, I guess that was before he actually discovered drugs. Now he doesn't have drugs to look that way. Maybe he started off that way. Like, oh, wow. I don't know. I'm just yeah. going to party and then, you know, I'll play the part. It's dangerous when you get into character that deep into character. He's, he was great in the movie, though. He was fantastic. He was very impactful in that small scene because yep. look at how he turns Genie from complete bitch into this giggling mess. So funny. And then he was actually supposed to have a bigger role in the movie. His family was the family that Ferris's mom was trying to sell a house to in the movie. Oh, God. And, really? and the tow truck company that tows 
Rooney's car, car yeah. is owned by his family. It doesn't been, really affect the story yeah. one way or the other, but but that's, you know, that's his backstory. So, I mean, you know, it's fine that they just made him that smaller role. Ferris Bueller's Day Off filmed September 9th to November 22nd, 1985. That's the main principal photography. And then April 1986, uh, they did some additional shooting. Estimated budget of $6 million. It grows $70.1 million in the U.S., so not a huge moneymaker. But this movie, obviously has stood the test of time, and it's not even about dollars and cents with how great this movie is and how much this movie means to pop culture. I mean, it's it's huge. Yeah, you, you released that movie now. It's through the roof. Oh, totally. They have put it back in the movies. I miss um, John Hughes. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> miss him. It's funny because you don't have to miss him because you can just keep watching his movies over and over again because yeah. they, you know, I know you have them all. Oh, of course. And, yeah. you know, and they still speak to me. You know, here I am in my mid-40s, and they still resonate with me completely, probably because I grew up with them. I went to go see Ferris Bueller's Day Off in the movie theaters when they played it uh, just uh, last year. I got a little misty, but I was just like, it was like seeing it for the first time all over again, because when it first came out, I was too young to go see it in the movie theater. And my sister finally got me to watch it on TV when my parents were out bowling. <laughs> and I was just so happy. I was just like, oh my God, I have to watch this movie forever. So I would watch this movie over and over and over again. I'm now through my, I don't know, ninth copy. We watched it on Netflix. I have it, I have it on DVD, but you know, why get why, up and- Why get up and- why get up, yeah. When you just put <laughs> on the TV and put on Netflix. Don't know, say and, Netflix and, plus, and chill, I'll hit you. No, God, please. I'm too old, <laughs> I'm too old for that shit. So, so, so we put Damn, it on Netflix, but yourself. well, it's funny. I, what I was going to say is that on Netflix, they list it as a family movie or a children's movie. So not. Meanwhile, meanwhile it's PG-13 yeah. and there's, there's the F word in this at least once. Well, back, back in the eighties, remember, you know, your parents would be like, come downstairs, eat your fucking dinner. You know, <laughs> that was nothing to sneeze about, you know, mom, can I explain? But no, I, I no, just... shut the hell up and go to bed. You know, it, it wasn't like, no. <laughs> You have to go to sleep and get a good night's rest. No, you know, PG-13 was, you know, parental guidance is suggested. It's not enforced. So Matthew Broderick was nominated at the Golden Globes for Best Actor in a Comedy for this. And it ranked at number 10 on Entertainment Weekly's 50 Best High School Movies in 2006. I think that was too low. This certainly should be a little bit higher. I would have guessed this to be a little bit higher because whenever anybody says, you know, high school movie, it's the first one I think of. Not just because it's my favorite movie, but it's also pretty much as close as you could possibly get to high school, particularly the the scene where Ben Stein is at the head of the class and, (laughs) you know, he's droning on and on and on. And he's trying to he's trying to find out where where Ferris is. And uh, the girl who answers, do you remember who she is? She played Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the movie. Yes. I'm trying to remember her name in real life. Give me a minute. Swanson, Swanson, uh, Christy Christy Swanson. Swanson. That's right. Christy Swanson. She goes through that that little diatribe. All the 31 flavors. Yeah, the 31 flavors saw him pass out. The end result is, you know, saw him pass out at 31 flavors last night. Thank you so much, Simone. You know, but (laughs) so Simone is kind of like this big bimbo airhead who knows everything about everybody. Right. (laughs) And so she like can tell you everything. It was perfect the way they cast everybody in the hallways. There's the dork. There's the save the tree, you know, dweeb there. You know, there's a kid that you want to, you know, shove in the locker. And then there's Jeannie walking down the hall who's like (laughs) the epitome of kind of me. You know, somebody comes up, save Ferris. And she just whacks the can and sends it flying across. You heartless wench. Yeah. I wouldn't have, you know, (laughs) taken the wench from him, but you know. Yeah. Call um, me what I really am. So I was going to say about Ben Stein, um, he has a degree in, in economics. In economics, yes. And macroeconomics um, as well. So John Hughes said that just go in there and present an actual economics lecture. Yes, uh, which I thought was 
Fantastic because he so it's is, all it's all it's, there's it's nothing all scripted. Ad-libbed. Yeah. yeah. Completely ad libbed, and it's exactly the way he would normally teach a class. Yeah. For ad libbing, that was perfect. And then they cut to the kid who's passed out on his desk, you know, with a nice thing of drool. You know, to this day, it still makes me shudder. Oh, yeah. Well, you said you have a spit thing, (laughs) which I didn't know. I didn't know about you. Stop. So, uh, a couple of real life romances uh, were going on during this movie. Um, Probably the most famous one is Matthew Broderick and Jennifer Grey. Yeah. Which, I mean, you, you kind of expect it to happen since you're working so close together. It yeah, but wasn't... they were brother and sister. That's really sick, man. Yeah, but you didn't expect <laughs> him to go out with uh, Mia Sarah. No? No. And also, Cindy Pickett and Lyman Ward, who played Ferris's parents, yeah. ended up getting married in real life uh, after the movie. Yeah, but they were like perfectly dorky together. They were they were the perfect parents. Uh, yeah. They were like they looked like they, they could have been his parents. The, everything about right them. Down to the hairstyle. Did you notice the hairstyle? They oh. both had like, you know, those sort the of, yeah. kind of uh, poof up. I'm, I'm making hand gestures like you can see me, but it, <laughs> it kind of goes straight up like it's been blown from his chin up. And she matches him, except, you know, he's got the gray hair. She's, you know, she's blonde. But she's going for that whole Bridget Nielsen. Who didn't want them as parents, though? They were the coolest. Yeah. Totally, right? They were so easy to trick. Yeah. (laughs) I would have definitely lied to them. I mean, Oh, yeah. You could get away with murder with them. So speaking of hairstyles, we got to talk about Edie McClurg. (laughs) Okay. We got to get right into Edie McClurg. (laughs) Edie McClurg, her hairstyle. Now, she, she wanted her hair to be done in a beehive. And uh, she couldn't get her hairdresser to do a beehive, so right. she had to do style her own hair. Right. And um, I, you know, she, it's funny. She, it's not quite a beehive, but it's definitely a '60s thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was more of a no, beehive. No, no. She wanted a beehive, and okay. She couldn't get a beehive, so she ended up doing her own hair. And when mm-hmm. she did her own hair, it was so fucking huge. <laughs> she goes in and sees John Hughes. And, you know, she's like, you know, how, how do you like it? And he was like. How many pencils can you fit in that? <laughs> so like that's automatically the first place you went to. So that's why, you know, you cut to that scene where she's sitting at her desk and she's pulling like 9,000 fucking pencils out of her hair. <laughs> and, and it's just like a perfect scene. And it's like so slowly pulling the It's the, the greatest. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because she chose that hairstyle because Grace felt that she looked best in the 1960s <laughs> and she wanted to keep her look from that era. From that era, which, you know, I, you know, when you look at her, you're just like, the pencils is the best. That's though. that's the best. That is the best. She um, also improvised a couple of things. Edie McClurg wasn't one of the things. Uh, the you know when she's uh, trying to mimic uh, yeah. Rooney. Calm down. Yeah, she she improvised that, and she also ad libbed when Grace says he's a righteous dude. He's a righteous dude. He's a righteous dude. That wasn't in the original. I love that whole line that she goes. Oh yeah, the whole the whole thing. It was done perfectly, but the the righteous dude part she added that because she didn't feel like the the end result of that whole line had closure. She's great. You know, she's been in a couple of John Hughes's movies too. She was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and she had that great cameo in that as well. So Matthew Broderick and Alan Ruck had that great natural chemistry together because they actually were friends in real life. They they had known each other. Um, they worked together. He vouched for him. He actually for him to, yeah. get, to get the part of the movie and uh thank god he did because uh it was a it was a perfect fit and they they played it off seamlessly yeah they worked together uh on broadway in neil simon's biloxi blues and a cool connection is that the the voice that cameron uses <laughs> <laughs> when he's pretending to be uh, sloan's dad george peterson was based on gene Sachs, who was the director, was director. of biloxi blues when he did the impression for Ferris Bueller, he purposely did it because he knew Matthew Broderick was going to appreciate it. And then, and then, you know, <laughs> it was trying to was make like, him laugh on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was kind of like an inside joke to everybody else from the cast too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of neat. And Sachs was uh, actually a pretty successful director. He worked on a lot of Neil Simon stuff, and uh, he died last year, March of oh, last year, uh, ninety-three years old. So he had a pretty good life. 
And, oh wow, and, I didn't know that part. Yeah, so wow, you know stuff. That's I think it's cool that it that he based ties, that voice ties on, it all in there. Yeah, because John Hughes kind of said, "Hey, just come up with a voice," and and that's what he he chose, which is kind of cool. <laughs> I just want to jump back when we were talking about the beginning part when about faking sick. Yes. So the text that, that appears on the screen during that scene, yeah, when he's explaining how to fake out the parents, yes, John Hughes decided to add that later because he thought the scene was too flat and not funny enough. I think that that you know, especially when they when they cross it off, yeah. you know, the phony fever part, yeah. you know, like no, 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 if you have a nervous that mother, does make it funnier. And you, it's kind of like a chalkboard, yeah. But I think that it does make it you know uh, yeah. funnier. It does make it better. Uh, and yeah, I guess it would be a little flatter if it didn't yeah. have the the writing. I mean, you know, we wouldn't know unless we saw it without it, but I, it definitely enhances the scene. The three quote-unquote kids on the set were so happy to have all these great ideas pop up because usually, you know, anything added to the movie was was added impromptu on the set as they're filming. Wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. I got an idea, I got an idea. And like, you know, like, like a kid, John Hughes was like, it's like another kid just like yep. running up there. And he was like older than them, but at the same time, just a big kid. And I had this idea. This is a great idea. You know, and a lot of these changes were done after everybody went home and he'd go and he'd try to film them, you know, when everybody was already gone. <laughs> Which didn't always work. Yeah. But then they'd always come, you know, they'd come back the next day and there's this whole new idea that they have to go through. Um, like the you know, writing the you know, yeah. writing that oh, oh, okay. So I have to talk to that. Right. Okay. That's that's fine. That's funny. It really speaks volumes of not only the actors, but John Hughes as a director, that he allowed people to come up with stuff. Yeah, and, it makes and, it funnier. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, you got to be collaborative. You know, you don't want to just have like, here's the script. I want you to do exactly like this, especially this kind of a movie. So it's always cool when when you have actors and directors that can do stuff impromptu like that and, and take something that was funny and make it even funnier. I don't find that happening uh, nowadays with movies. Everything is automatically darker and yeah. the jokes are, you know, skankier. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a very innocent, right. fun kind of let's mess with the principal. Let's mess with, you know, <laughs> with, with the police department. I mean, the, the police department was was raising money and, you know, trying to pull for, you know, for him to get a new kidney. You, know? <laughs> you tell, tell Ferris all the boys, uh, all the all boys, boys at the, the station, station are, are pulling, pulling for him. For him. <laughs> And, you know, and like you know, the mom's just like sitting there, like, huh? Uh, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and at no time. And all the signs say Ferris yeah, on the, you know, water, the tower. water tower. Yeah. Nobody's paying attention Wrigley to this. Field. Yeah, you know, save Ferris, but nobody's paid attention to this. You know, uh, you know, the parents <laughs> are so completely snowed over by Ferris, and he's such a sweet kid. And look yeah. at how did we get so lucky to have a kid <laughs> like you? And he's just, he's awesome. You know, it's just, but it's innocent fun. Yeah. You know, he's not hurting anybody. Well, except maybe, you know, Cameron's dad's car. But, you know, speaking of Cameron's dad's car. Yeah, we got to talk about the Ferrari. That's not actually a Ferrari. No, it is not. It is what? It is an MG. It's like an MG, yeah. Yeah, it is an MG. And how do we know that? It was too expensive to rent a real Ferrari. So they made three replicas using an MG chassis, each with a fiberglass body. You know, another cool thing about that scene, unrelated to the cars, was that um, when they shot it, it was it was starting, it was like autumn was starting to really kind of yeah, come were, in. Yeah, the uh, leaves were changing. So they had to paint the leaves green to keep to the keep continuity. To keep the continuity. But you can look in the reflection when they when they have the camera You can angle. still see the, the fall. See, yeah. Yeah, because you can see, because the whole garage is is glass. Yeah. And you can see the reflection through it. I never even thought about that until yeah. you brought it up. Yeah, but they, they now actually. Now I have to watch it again. I know. These are things to look for. Damn. Another cool <sighs> thing to look for, and I never knew all the times I've seen this movie over the years, I never knew this, but the license plates... Uh, on the cars 
all of the cars except for the Ferrari, which uh, the license plate is nervous because yeah. of uh, Cameron's dad. N-R-V-O-U-S. Right. But the other license plates on all the other cars are based on John Hughes movies. Ferris's mom's car is VCTN, which is uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Vacation. Jeannie's car, TBC for The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Ferris's dad's car is M-Mom for Mr. Mom, for which John Hughes wrote the screenplay. And Rooney's car is 4FBDO for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But it's only possible in the movies because in Illinois, only trucks could have a license plate that started with a number. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So the scene in the beginning, um, also when, you know, when he's getting ready to to start his day, (laughs) when he plays the clarinet, completely (laughs) improvised on the spot, including the line, never had one lesson. (laughs) As it turns out, the instrument was part of the set. And uh, Matthew Broderick said he could play it, which clearly he could not. <laughs> yeah, he just picked it up just to play with it. Yeah. He was one of these people that that had to touch everything. Oh, no. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of one of the things that kids do all the time. If you notice, like, you're you're kind of standing in there, you have to touch things. I've been wanting to touch this little soundboard thing for about 20 minutes Please now. Please don't. Just, okay. <laughs> but it's really because it's blinking. And, you know. <laughs> you like the lights? I do like the lights. But, you know, when, you know, when he was on the set, yeah, I don't <laughs> When he's on the set, you know, there's just kind of something, oh, you know, I, I can play that. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> Never had one lesson. Keep it. <laughs> That's it. It's great, it though. It's really great. It's great. I like that the scene when, when he calls Cameron, Cameron's in bed under the covers and he reaches under the covers to, to, to turn, to to turn the speakerphone. The yeah. That's actually John Hughes' hand that does that. You kind of wonder why, but it was, again, one of those situations where after everyone went home. And I talked about this, believe it or not, in a different podcast for oh Shawshank God. Redemption. Sometimes a director has a very distinct way that they want a particular thing shot. And it's easier for them to just do it themselves rather than try to explain to the actor how he wants the hand to come down and everything else. Some of the character names. Ferris Bueller was named after John Hughes' lifelong friend, Bert Bueller. Bert Bueller. Sloan, named for Sloan Tannen, daughter of then Paramount head Ned Tannen. Oh, this is another interesting thing that you can look for next time you watch the movie. The outfit that Ferris is wearing, the hat, sunglasses, and trench coat when he picks up Sloan from school. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, you can see that on the mannequin in his room behind the door as his parents leave uh, at the beginning of the movie to go to work. The same mannequin that he used a lot, that he utilizes to, yeah, Yeah. to pretend he's him. So the scene where uh, Sloan and Ed Rooney are standing outside waiting for uh, Mr. Peterson, in quotes, to pick pick her up. Uh, The school in the background was John Hughes' old high school. Like yeah. the field and stuff? Yep, yep. He really liked taking buildings and names from his childhood and from his uh, hometown. Some of them fictitious, but the buildings were real. Some of the names were real, but they would mismatch the building, so he wouldn't have okay. to ask for permission. Right. By the way, there is no Shermer, Illinois. No. So one of the reoccurring things in the movie is the song Donka Shane. It shows up four times in the movie. Ferris sings it in the shower. Yeah. Rooney sings it. Um, he hums it later. Yeah, he hums it after he rings the doorbell at, at yeah. the Bueller house. When he's waiting uh, when before he's waiting. the recording kicks off. Right. Jeannie Another sings recording. it after her uh, tryst with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, she's, uh, she's, uh, yeah, she's, she's got a pretty good voice, too. Uh, yeah, actually. she's uh, walking down the she's steps. walking down the stairs, and she's like, Jeannie! <laughs> and then, of course, Ferris does it on the float. So Yeah. Uh, best scene ever. Best oh, scene ever. So funny. And you know, the cool thing about the twist and shout sequence, the whole thing, there's a couple of cool things. First off, the dance sequence by the group on the stairs during the performance of Twist and Shout is taken directly out of Michael Jackson's Thriller, which is yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, most of the exact same steps. Yeah. And also, several of the people that are dancing during the scene, the construction worker and the window washer, they actually had nothing to do with the movie. They were just dancing along. They were just like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. And, you know, and they, they're, you know, once they're filmed, you know, they signed the release to actually be in there as extras and they yeah. did get some bucks. But it was kind of cool that they were enjoying it so much. Right. It's funny because there were two movies around this time that came out that featured Twist and Shout. This 
and Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Of course, in Back to School, Rodney actually sings, sings it. Sings a song, yeah. And I don't know why, but it was just the weirdest thing that two years in a row, a big funny movie came out with that song. With that song, yeah. yeah. Another thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, some of the stuff that goes on during the day. So the Cubs game that, oh, yeah. that they attend was a real game, actually. Yeah, it was, a, it was a real game. And the ball that he caught was actually the game ball. It was a game against the Atlanta Braves on June 5th, 1985. 1985. Yep. Um, but I love how he uses the baseball to, uh, to turn off the stereo at the end of the movie. And of course, it conveniently lands inside of the glove. Oh, it's perfect. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's Ferris fucking Bueller, man. <laughs> <laughs> Everything works out for me. That's right. So, you know, um, funny things that happen in this movie that you don't really pay attention to because you're watching the movie and you're so into it. Mm-hmm. You're getting towards the end of the movie and he realizes it's six o'clock. When they finally get home and after all that's said and done, he's saying goodbye to Sloan. So he's going to haul ass back <laughs> home, right? Now he's running home. Right. He jumps on that trampoline, right. flies over the oh, fence yeah. and he's running through this yard and he passes these two girls who are laying out in lawn chairs, yeah. right? And, Love that uh, scene. Yeah, it's a great scene where he like stops, you know, and it hi, comes back into the... Yeah, hi, I'm Ferris Bueller. Now, what do you notice about that scene there? First of all, it's six o'clock. It's dusk. There's no sun. They're wearing bikinis and they're facing the wrong way. Oh, I didn't notice that, actually. Yeah. Most guys aren't looking for shit like that when they see two girls in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> but then he comes back. But then it makes you think also about, wait, he just told Sloan that he wants to marry her and he loves her and everything. But yeah. then like, you know, he, he sees these two chicks in, in bikinis. Oh, hey, I'm Ferris Bueller. Yeah, well, you know, because yeah, he's point, Ferris. I, I might need her. <laughs> yeah, one of you two might come in handy. But then when he's running again, but he comes out from, you know, from this from the driveway mm-hmm. and he's running in the street alongside his dad's car. Right. And it's full fucking sun again. Now it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Again. Oh, you know, it's not fucking dusk anymore. See, it's so funny because you're so caught up I've in the scene. I've watched this movie so many times. You clearly have. <laughs> But you know what it is? The The scene is cut. It's so fast. Yes. So much is going on in that scene. Who's looking at things like that? Unless well, you've seen the movie. Well, after a thousand times, exactly. you know, you start noticing little things and you're like, hey, what? Yeah. I mean, well, you, you noticed know, the leaves. No, I didn't. I read that. Oh, I, I thought you were smarter. See, that was your first mistake, <laughs> thinking I was smart. So um, I think it's interesting that he's running alongside his dad's car. His dad's looking at the back of his head. He doesn't recognize that it's his son. Well, you know, you know, it's there's a lot of stuff that you gotta, you just gotta yeah, suspend it's disbelief. That, but then you actually, you know, you, you start thinking about it, and he, you know, he looks at the kid, and you know, he just kind of dismisses, it like, nah, it yeah. can't be. This is an interesting thing that I read. There's a theory that's circulating on the internet that Ferris is not actually real, but just a figment of Cameron's imagination. <laughs> the theory states that although Cameron wants to be more adventurous and rebellious, he's afraid to, so he creates Ferris. Ferris is all the things that Cameron is not. The theory also states that Ferris becomes a creation Cameron uses to finally assert himself against his father's cruelty, and more importantly, his own hypercritical conscience. It's bullshit, okay? It's fucking bullshit. Here's why that doesn't work, that theory. No. If Ferris was uh, created in Cameron's imagination... Who's Sloan? Who's Sloan? Why is she hanging out with somebody who's like so amazingly shy and <laughs> unable to have any fun? Right. Why do we know of... of Ferris's sister, his yeah, parents. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, yeah, it doesn't it's, make it's, sense. It doesn't make any sense. So you know who came up with that theory? Oh. They. So I say, fuck, fuck they. they. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> oh, this was fun, man. This was. It was great. Can Thank you. Can you watch the movie now? <laughs> I know, right? I, I feel like I want popcorn? to. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 30 years old in June. Definitely they, sh- they should definitely bring it back to the theaters for a limited run. I would, I would go see it again. Dude, they are. Oh, they are? Yeah. Cool. I, AMC is. You know what I wish they would do? What? One of those Q&A things. Like, oh, afterwards. Yeah. yeah. The only problem that I have with having a Q&A after Ferris Bueller's Day Off mm-hmm. is 
who would you have? Matthew Broderick. Yeah, but you know what? It wouldn't work for me if it's just Matthew Broderick. I would Alan love Ruck. To, yes, okay. I would like to have both of them because to see them together. Yeah, I think that would be really cool if they if they yeah. did a, a special engagement and they brought those two. Yeah, that would definitely be cool. So Ferris Bueller's Day Off, thirty years later, still holds up. Check it out again if you haven't in a while. Yeah, introduce your kids to it. Yeah, that's that's definitely Early. a good point. Yeah, give them ideas. Yeah, if you if you're not worried about them hearing fuck. You know. Ah, what the fuck? Fuck it. You heard fuck. You're fine. We turned Remember, out okay. Life moves really fast. <laughs> you sounded so cheesy. <laughs> Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.